to Totalus Rankium. This week, Alexios 3. Welcome to Roman Emperors, it's Alice Rankium, I am Jamie. And I'm Rob, ranking all of the Emperors from Augustus to Constantine Eleven, and now we are on episode 152, and it is Alexios Three. Yeah. of the Angels. Oh yeah, I forgot about the Angels thing. I forgot they're all from oh, yeah, Los we're, Angeles. We're, we're back with the Angelos family, yeah. uh, only this time we're with the elder brother, Alexios, not with Ooh. younger brother Isaac. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I think we should do, though, for the benefit of the listeners? Uh, maybe <laughs> do a slight recap. Just a just a very quick... Slight, slight quick recap. But you know what? For the listeners. Because, because we are covering Alexios's life, and he is a couple of years older, well, three years older than his brother, um, his early life is pretty much identical to Isaac's. So as we go through the episode, you, you will get a, a recap then. Okay. Oh, thank you. Because what I'm going to do is... Uh, very briefly go over Alexios's early life, because like I say, it's very similar to the last episode. Uh, he was born in around 1153, so like I say, about three years older than his brother, and uh, he was born in the Angelos family, an important family, uh, part of the powerful, but up until this point in history, the Angelos family hadn't really done much, but they were still uh, a big family. Now, if you remember, Daddy Angelos was a high-up general, and he messed things up at one point. When fighting in Anatolia, he was branded a coward because he just fled the troops. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. Things weren't looking great for the Angelos family, but then the Emperor Manuel dies. Yeah. And, again, if you remember, Andronicus Komnenos, the crazy man that he was, stormed his way to the city to take over. Yeah. And Daddy Angelos defected to Andronicus. So, again, as we've covered, Andronicus becomes the emperor. Those who helped put him there soon regretted it, because Andronicus didn't like being told what to do. <laughs> He's bloody terrible. What have we done? <laughs> Pretty much, yes. So, uh, Daddy Angelos was caught attempting to coup, and the family had to flee on a wine boat. Do you remember that part? Oh, yeah, what a, what a flee. I think we'll go for the Merlot. <laughs> They flee, they escape, and then this is about where in Isaac's episode we followed him as he helped the city of Nicaea revolt. Remember, this is the siege where their mother was tied to the battering ram. Oh, yeah, and the arrows, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, obviously, we're with Alexios this time, so instead of going to Isaac to Nicaea, we go with Alexios uh, somewhere. <laughs> it's, it's not really covered. Uh, we, we know what his dad's doing, and we know what his brother's doing at this time, but we don't know what he's doing. Sightseeing um, tour. Maybe sightseeing. Maybe he listens to this podcast, which is slightly weird, but he's then touring all the places we've mentioned. Starts off in Rome, travels his way through Gaul, and, you know... Well, actually, from the sounds of it, you're not 100% off there. Yes. Um, but think more east rather than west. He yeah. seems to do a tour of the east of the Roman Empire. Fair uh, perhaps even staying in Saladin's court for a while. So uh, we know that's where Dad went, so maybe he went and visited his dad. But it, it's hard to, to tell. He, he either stayed in the Empire like his brother and tried to build up a revolt against Andronicus, or he just went into exile. We're not really sure, but he's hanging around. Fair enough. And then the events unfold in Isaac's episode. Remember, he cut a deal with Andronicus, yeah. so he was allowed back into the capital, but then Andronicus tried to have him murdered, and Isaac cut his way out of his own house 
by cleaving someone's head in twain and flees to the harsh sphere. And at that point... Good distraction. Yeah, yeah. At that point, the revolt takes place. Remember, Uncle John Ducas is there, um, and Andronicus Comnenos is overthrown and killed horribly, horribly, horribly. Yeah. Uh, And as far as I can tell, Alexios seems to have very little to do with this coup. There's a very good chance he wasn't even in the city or even empire at the time. Maybe this is when he was with Saladin, uh, because he's just not really mentioned, and he would have been. However, within the next five years, he is in the capital. By 1190, he is in the court. He is made Sebastocrator, which I'm not pronouncing correctly. That's the uh, Better Than Caesar role. Do you remember Better oh, Than Caesar? yes. Was, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's still hanging around. So. Sebastocrator. Sebastocrator. Sounds a bit rude. not going to lie. It does a little bit, doesn't it? it does. <laughs> I'm just Sebastocrating in my empire, yes. Oh, God. Been doing it for years. So, yeah, we first uh, hear of his actions at around this point. Uh, and this is when he's put in charge of putting down a revolt. Because there was a man in the West who claimed to be the son of the old Emperor Manuel. He claimed to be Manuel's son, Alexios. Yes, another Alexios. Oh. We will call him the false Alexios. Okay. <laughs> Alexios the fraudulent. Yeah, I mean, this was obviously false, but it got people following him, so he managed to start up a bit of a revolt. So Alexios was sent to go and put it down. According to Nicetus, Alexios spent most of his time refusing to engage the pretender in battle, uh, just not wanting to fight him. Uh, But then happily for Alexios, a priest happened to cut the throat of the pretender after they'd been drinking. I mean, there's Monopoly... Then there's Monopoly. That sounds like Monopoly. I have all of the hotels slits. You think it was just a disagreement over a game then? Well, that was a forfeit. It's like a really extreme game, like a really tense game of Monopoly. Oh, maybe. I mean, you get the impression the priest was actually uh, like working for Alexios, um, but maybe not. Maybe it was just a. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Badass priest though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you just know he was saying some kind of sermon as he slit the throat. <laughs> Omine patre dominus. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. Anyway, the head was sent to Alexios, who apparently picked it up by the hair using a horse spur. Spur? And then, yeah, like I said, a spur? Cowboy? Like the things you wear on your boots? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought a pair of tongs uh, would then... be easier. Well, it's more likely the the spurs were close to hand, the tongs he'd left with the barbecue back at home. (laughs) Fair enough. Anyway, he looked into the face of the pretend Alexios and apparently said, it's not altogether out of ignorance that the cities followed this man. It was obviously a good-looking head. It's just an odd thing to say about a head. (laughs) But there you go, Alexios wins. Put that in the win column. Where, okay. Have you got a win column for him? I, I, I can have a win column. Yeah, put that one in the win column. Is this going to be the only one? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Uh, anyway, um, he then spends the next few years acting as advisor for his brother, leading troops in battle, and generally being better than Caesar. Uh, and he was also there in the battle when Isaac got ambushed, remember? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, Isaac uh, barely escaped with his life, fleeing with his uncle John Ducas. Uh, Alexios was also in this battle, also just about managed to escape. Mm. Uh, but we don't have any story for him, unfortunately. We just know he was there and he was still alive afterwards. So, so there you go. It's a win. Yeah, go on then. Put that in the win column as well. He lived. There you go. That's two wins. Yes. It's a good life so yeah. far. Uh, and it got away. Years keep going by at this point. Alexios starts to resent his brother. I mean, he's the elder brother. Um, it wasn't as if Isaac's doing a great job here. Why shouldn't he be emperor? Or Alexios. I'd be a great emperor. Look at all my wins. He takes out his list. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> if glances from the from his guards. Um, a mad priest slit the throat of your enemy, and uh, you're not dead. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> a man we can rally behind. <laughs> anyway, he soon let the odd comment slip one too many times, because soon enough reports get back to his brother that he was perhaps plotting against him, his eyes vying for the throne. If eyes can vie, I don't think they can. can stare, though. Yeah, that's In what they do. Like, throne. In fact, I'll quote Nicetus here. He's not blinking. The emperor was warned by many that his brother Alexios plotted against his throne and his life. The latter concealed his hatred for his brother behind a screen of affection. And so Isaacios dismissed these reports as so much nonsense. Fair enough. He's my bro. And so it was that Alexios was able to put his plan into practice. In 1195, <laughs> with fighting against the Bulgars still running hot, Alexios received an invite to go hunting with his brother. Alexios said, <gasps> no thank you, uh, I'm busy having my veins opened. Oh, is he ill? Yeah, apparently he's a bit too ill, he's got to have his veins opened to make him feel better. Oh, that's not a cure for anything. <laughs> it's certainly not. But it's also not even true, because that wasn't what was happening. In actual fact, Alexios had gathered several high-up people in the court that supported him. They waited just outside of sight of Isaac's tent. And eventually, the emperor emerged and headed off to the hunt. Alexios and his conspirators then enter the royal pavilion and simply take over. I'm in charge now. Oh, but see, see my, my thinking was, yeah, he'll go hunting then. Oh, there's a deer, wink, wink. And cut back to ten minutes before saying, Emperor, wear this new hat, like massive antlers. <laughs> um, then he, they just get shot by an arrow. But this is far easier. Yeah, Alexios obviously thought, it's like, hunting accident? It's classic. It's happened before. But yeah, yeah. What, just cut that stage out. <laughs> just wait till he goes hunting and then just say, I'm Emperor. Um, Do you know what? I think I, I've been mocking him in my head about, you know, how he got a priest to kill and everything. He's, he's been basically a bit... Lacks, but actually he's not. He's actually being very smart with his time and energies. Yeah, okay. You putting this in the win column again? Yeah. It's three um, wins. Emperor. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Now, as we covered, Isaac was not a popular emperor, and um, messages were soon sent out to the army divisions nearby, and yeah, we're on board, came the reply. Fair enough. By this point, Isaac had heard the chanting of his brother's name and realised what was going on. So he ran. But as we have seen, he did not get far. Isaac was caught. Alexios was not kind to his brother. Isaac was blinded and then put into a cell without food for days. But he did live. If you remember, he was monked. Put to one side. Nicetus summed up the betrayal like this. I, I even put this quote on Twitter and Facebook because I love this quote so much. 
What could be closer and more trustworthy than a brother? If water drowns us, then what shall we men drink? Nicetus has really found his voice in this uh, chapter, I found. There are many really good Nicetus quotes. It's almost like he's just gone, you know what, I'm I'm going to show my writing chops. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, a betrayal of the worst kind. But Alexios is emperor, so that's good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, well, Nicetus sums it up like this. Alexios, now on the throne, never realised that he had overthrown himself by deposing his brother. Is that the, 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 the gong of... That, that definitely is foreboding. the gong. <laughs> <laughs> Gilbert is smashing away. But Alexios is blind to Gilbert's bangings. Uh, he decides he's got to Wait. make sure that uh, he's got support. I mean, this is a coup. You've always got to make sure you've got support after a coup. So what do you do? The support from the army or just support from general people. Uh, pay the army more. Yep. Drop taxes. Ooh, you're not far off. He paid the army more, um, and he just poured gold into the open hands of anyone he wanted support from. So, yeah. yeah um, he, he basically drained the treasury of anything that it had in it. And it worked. He had lots of support all of a sudden. Hooray. However, problem with this, you soon run out of money. Yeah. Yeah. But this way you start invading, right? Oh, not invading, no. Uh, easier. Oh, tax raising. Easier even than that. Promote oh. people. New jobs, new titles. And they give money? Um, no, no, he's trying to get support, remember. He's cut out the middleman oh. of money. The reason why he needed money was to get support. Well, you don't have to use money to get support. You can just promote people. It's the way we make, like, fake titles. Oh, pretty much. Again, I'll quote Nicetus here. But he did not be selective. He did not raise up someone held in high repute because of his learning, or did he elevate a dignitary to the next successive grade, but he raised up and promoted everyone. Thus the highest honour became dishonourable, and the love of honour a thankless pursuit. Yeah, it's just he just kept promoting everyone, so it all became a little bit meaningless. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Uh. Ah, well. But it seems to be working, for at least three months anyway, because then there was a revolt... <laughs> In Cilicia. Uh, that's not good. Take a wild stab in the dark at uh, the name of the person revolting. Was it Isaac or Alexios? Oh, it was Alexios, and get used yeah. to this, believe me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, as a man named Alexios uh, claimed he was the son of Manuel. Did he? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Odd that. <laughs> wow, yeah. A lot of sons. So, is there a chance that this is a mixed up source, or is it just another ridiculous person it did occur to me it's like hmm come across this story before but this is taking place in a different part of the empire um we're over in anatolia here and the turks are backing this one so it it wouldn't surprise me if anyone who revolted at this time just thought you know what let's just say we're the son of the emperor that gives us a reason to revolt but you're absolutely right maybe this is just a mix-up anyway according to nicetus the emperor alexios attempted to negotiate with the turks he realised that actually this was the Turks from the outside paying this man to revolt. So let's cut out again the middleman. Let's go straight to the Turks. What What do you want? What can I do for you? Uh, the Turks respond with money, please. Give us cash. <laughs> uh, um, how about a promotion instead? <laughs> well, Alexios scrapes together what he can um, and does pay off the Turks, but he is seriously low on funds now. Um, And then, to his dismay, he found that actually this hadn't done the job that he wanted it to. The Turks backed off, but by this point, the local population had seen 
this new Alexios, and they liked the cut of his jib. So the Emperor Alexios turned up in the region. Okay, I need to go there myself, and he just made sure that everyone was loyal. Um, don't worry, said the local leaders. We're, of course we're loyal to you, Emperor. But um, have you seen this new Alexios? He's gorgeous. And I'll quote, You too would be delighted in the man if you saw him, Emperor. His long, yellowish-red hair is adorned as though with filings of gold. A man of goodly stature is he, and such a horseman that he cannot be shaken, and it is as if though he were fixed in his saddle. For <laughs> If you fancy him, then marry him, why don't you? <laughs> well, Alexios... response. Alexios was quite frustrated by this and pointed out, you do realise this, this Alexios that you're, you're fawning over can't be the son of Manuel. I mean, he's been strangled. Uh, that, that Alexios is dead. And even if he were the son of Manuel, was roughly how far Alexios got, when the person he was talking to interrupted him, saying, oh, Do you see, Emperor, how you too have doubts about the youth's identity? Look how uncertain you are about his death. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so his, his going to the region to make sure that everyone's still loyal really isn't going very yeah. well. Uh, everyone clearly yeah. wants the other Alexios to be in charge. And Has he tried the thing of, well, Manuel's been dead for almost 200 years? I mean, is that, <laughs> is um, that a thing? No, unfortunately, the timings no, do work no. out. Damn it. Yeah, a frustrated Alexios, even after paying off the Turks, who were backing the coup, then had to spend two months fighting the local population to convince them that this false Alexios is a false Alexios. Uh, and in the end, this false Alexios tragically and accidentally cut his own head off while shaving one night. Well, it happens. It happens. It's happened to another Alexios claiming to be the yeah. son of Manuel. Yeah, um, those blades yeah. are very sharp. I mean, like you say, these two stories are very, very similar. So who knows? Maybe that only happened once, but I'd like to think it happened twice. Mm. And you just couldn't move for Alexios's revolting. Mm. Uh, anyway, meanwhile, the fighting against the Bulgars is continuing. Remember, Isaac had to deal with this most of his reign because he annoyed the Bulgars by raising the taxes. So that war's still going on. Alexios sent his son-in-law... Um, a man named Isaacios to lead the fighting. Uh, it didn't go well. It didn't go well at all. Alexios soon was told that Isaacios had been defeated and captured. But there was some good news. You may remember from last episode, I told you that the Bulgars were being led by two brothers, Peter and Asan, or Arsen. Yeah. Uh, well, Arsen had recently been murdered by a man who was secretly Hooray! yeah who was secretly sleeping with Arson's wife's sister i mean there's a whole story behind that that i don't need to go into but just know that there was uh, some intrigue Ooh. going on and uh, yeah. arson found himself dead one day uh, the man who killed arson was called ivanko or ivanko depending on how Ivan. you want to pronounce his name ivanko sounds like a shop it does doesn't it is that a good thing in your mind um, I'm thinking sort of like almost Icelandic, yeah, you can Swedish Norwegian kind of shop. You can imagine Welcome the O, you can imagine the O having the two little eyes yes. above it to make it yeah. a shouting face. Anyway, so do you want him to be called Ivanko or Ivanko? Well, Ivanko makes more sense, but obviously Ivanko. Cool, he's Ivanko then. Right, as you can imagine, uh, yeah, the owner of a, of a large shopping like it's like the owner of IKEA. Yeah, it was... It like was, George Ikea, that's who he is. <laughs> he was in charge of a chain of shops where you could buy flat pack furniture and hot dogs. It was good. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, and he also happened to have killed Arson. 
Now, as you can imagine, Peter had something to say about this. He's like, you've just killed my brother. So, the Bulgars start turning on themselves. You've got two factions now. You've got um, Ivanko's faction, and you've got Peter's faction. Uh, Ivanko, however, happened to be the one who had, in captivity, Isaacios, Alexios's son-in-law. Ah, well, I can use this, thinks Ivanko. Bring Isaacios to me, he says. Fortunately, someone then turns up and says, oh, we just went to get him. Um, he, he's, he's a bit dead. Just a little bit. Yeah, he kind of died in prison. Um, yeah. He wasn't important, was he? <laughs> no? Uh, That'd be a shame. <laughs> yeah. So Ivanko has a think. Instead, what he does is he sends a note to Alexios. The note essentially says, if you come right now and we work together, we will easily be able to defeat Peter and put an end to this rebellion. The war will be won. And in return, you leave me in charge of this region. How about that? Hmm. So, Alexios' response was... Yeah, right. Nope. He does nothing for quite some time, apparently. Nikitas doesn't tell us why. He just says Alexios did not act on this immediately. Uh, But eventually he did act. He did send some troops into the region. Unfortunately, just as they were about to arrive, the army mutinied. Pointing out, and to be fair, every time they had ventured into Bulgaria of late, they had always had their asses kicked. I would fight back, but that's your fault. Be better. <laughs> um, yeah, why are we doing this, they asked themselves, so they just turned home. An angry Alexios then sent a larger force, but it was too late by this point. Peter had taken control of the region, and Ivan Co. fled to Constantinople. It was here he became one of the chief advisors to Alexios. He gets in with the emperor, who was essentially put in charge of understanding what's going on in Bulgaria. Yeah. He was even offered marriage into the royal family, Alexios's baby granddaughter. Uh? That's, it's a tie to the royal family. I mean, yeah. What's the age difference? <laughs> well, one's a baby, so I think that's all you need to know. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean... Yeah. yeah. But yes, it's very much just a, a political tie. Uh, Alexios thinking, right, once we win this war in Bulgaria, we'll put Ivan Co in charge over there. And uh, he's now got a tie into the royal family. So, yeah, that will work, won't it? Apparently, Ivan Co took a look at Alexios's granddaughter and then looked at the mother, who was recently widowed, and said, and I quote, Why do you give me a suckling kid to cover... When I am in need of a full-grown goat. He probably then made some disturbing noises while staring right at uh, <laughs> Alexios's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, just just know that Ivanko is now in the court. He will be back. Great news for shop. Well, sort of, um, because he changes his name at this point. Ivanko is a little bit too Bulgarian. He's now in the royal court, so he's going to change his name. Guess what, too? Alexios. Yeah, of course it's Alexios. Uh, Anyway, we'll be back with Ivanko slash Alexios later. Anyway, fighting is continuing to, to go on all over the place. The treasury was being emptied even more. The Bulgars continue to fight, supported by the Vlachs. Uh, which is another tribe in the region at the time. And uh, also, in the east, the Turks were causing trouble. But this was not the biggest problem facing Alexios at this time, because something was about to happen that uh, really, really was not good. Invasion. 
But it wasn't quite an invasion. It was uh, something that had already started under Isaac, and Alexios just hoped it was going to go away. Because, if you remember last episode, the Western Emperor, Frederick Barbarossa, had died. The pirates! Yes. <laughs> yes. And his son, Henry, had taken over. So Henry is now the Western Roman Emperor. Right. Uh, Henry had plans. To cut a long story short, uh, he had taken control of Sicily, so no more Norman Sicily, that's gone now, which mm-hmm. is nice. Uh, he'd pretty much taken control of all of Italy as well. Uh, the Western Empire is looking strong at this point. Mm-hmm. Henry had then sent a message to Isaac just before he'd been you know, overthrown, essentially saying, I'm blaming you for the mess my father got into passing through your land. <laughs> I could and should crush you. Pay up some compensation for my father's death. Okay. I'm guessing Isaac kind of just shoved that letter down the back of the sofa and then uh, yeah. got deposed. And uh, Alexios becomes the emperor. Everything's fine, everything's fine. Yeah, my brother was, brother was talking about something to do with Henry over over in the uh, Holy Roman Empire, but actually, yeah. it'll be fine. What's that? Some envoys. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll meet with the envoys. Uh, one of the envoys, by the way, little nice little detail from uh, Nikitas here, had very bushy eyebrows. <laughs> so feel free to really imagine those eyebrows on one of the envoys. Oh, that I'm, I'm just seeing, just just like no, you can't even see the eyes. Just it's like he's wearing hair glasses yeah. almost. <laughs> That's lovely detail. It is good detail, isn't it? Yeah, it's like you're you pitching. Ni- are you picturing nice comic big eyebrows then? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Imagine that. Probably put Alexios at ease. It's probably stifled a grin as he met the man. Yeah. And, until the man just said the uh, the words. So where's the money? Oh. <laughs> what? That the money. Give us all the money, or we will destroy you. Oh yeah, about that. Yeah, uh, Alexios gives in. He he knows that things are not going well with the Roman Empire right now. It is shrinking rapidly, and there's lots of internal division. They really cannot take on a Western Empire that is the strongest it has been since the fall of the West. Yeah, and it's it's like a resurgence. Oh yeah, yeah. The the West is now much stronger than the Eastern Roman Empire. Yeah, uh, first time in quite some time. So I, I can't fight them. So instead, okay, I'll, I'll give you the money. Uh, let Henry know it's on it, it's on its way, honest. So eyebrows disappears, uh, back to Henry, and Alexios runs around trying to get money, desperately. Oh, so that's, that's sad, isn't it? Yeah, so where, where are you getting the money from? Uh, oh, tax. Oh, that's yes. That's what I would do. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, he, he tries one thing first, uh, the church just takes money from the church. That's always a good one. Uh, make sure no one gets angry. Um, and also the tombs. No one gets annoyed when you start raiding tombs. Oh dear. I'll quote, He resolved to rob the deaf and dumb tombs of the emperors, since they had no one to take up their cause. The tombs were opened, and they were stripped of every precious ornament. The only things left of those Roman emperors of old who boasted of glorious deeds were their coats of stone. Those cold and last garments. Oh dear. See what I mean by Nicetus suddenly like coming coming to the fore of this uh, yeah. chapter. He wasn't writing like this before. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. 
Anyway, <laughs> stroke of luck though. He's, he's there desperately trying to raise money. After raiding the churches and the tombs, like you say, he raises taxes all over the place. It's called the German tax, just so everyone really knows exactly what they're doing it for. Yeah. Uh, but a stroke of luck. Reports came in that Henry had died of some kind of lurgy. Oh, that's so unfortunate. We shall send some flowers and a card. <laughs> what are the cheapest flowers we can get? Uh, Here's a sunflower. <laughs> so, there you go. They're off the hook. And, even better, Alexios now has a pile of money. Yay! Money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he really needs that, to be fair. <laughs> he really does. And he's also... Really splurged it away. Yeah, also, things are not actually going brilliantly for Alexios uh, because some of his friends approached him and let him know that his wife was sleeping with one of the generals and that they were plotting to overthrow him. He was married? Yes, yes. Frosiny was her name. She was a very hands-on empress. Uh, she had a throne installed next to her husband's. She ruled <laughs> the city when he was away. She... She was pretty much a co-ruler, according to Nicetus. And, as you can imagine, misogyny of the Romans, uh, many people resented this fact. Yeah. So wow. a group of people in the powerful had decided to do something. And that was to go to the emperor and say, your wife's sleeping with a general. They're going to overthrow you. Spread the rumours. Yeah. Now, we have no way of knowing whether this room is true or not. We can decide when I finish the story, but uh, we will see. As you can imagine, Alexius not best pleased. He sent some men to go and fetch the general. Um, not all of him, just his head. Would do. <laughs> yeah. Once the head arrived, Alexios apparently spent a merry afternoon kicking the head up and down the palace room. And then, I quote, he then addressed it in terms wholly unfit to be included in this history. Wouldn't it be great if, like, he invites his wife, come and have a look what I found, like, trying to trying to shock her, trying to scare her. She turns up, just he's kicking her head around, just like, Who, who's that? <laughs> you're, you're not far off, um, because oh. he then confronted the Empress, who said something along the lines of, what are you talking about? Where on earth did you hear this? Do you not think that maybe your so-called friends are lying to you in an attempt to weaken you? Maybe. So a confused Alexios then did what any sensible detective would do. Killed anyone that told him the story? Not quite. He ordered the torture of the palace staff to find out what was really going on. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Rational. Rational. You'd be shocked to learn that after being tortured, quite a few of these servants said, yes, yes, of course she's having an affair. <laughs> Weird that. Yeah. yeah, well, whatever you want to say. What? what? No, you don't want... No, no, in which case she wasn't. I don't know. I wasn't even here. Uh, please, please just stop. <laughs> I don't even work in the palace. <laughs> anyway, Alexios became convinced that Euphrosyne had indeed been cheating on him, and she was nunned and exiled onto a small island somewhere. However, soon after this, a rumour starts up. Those so-called friends of the Emperor had made up a story about the Empress. And now the poor woman is banished, don't you know? Those that had created the story and had gone to the Emperor um, soon started to regret it because their names were now being spoken of in a rumour. Um, and people were also saying things like treachery and coup attempt and power grab. That's like, that, that's not good. 
you, you don't want your name associated with that, no. Yeah, the, this this group of people just wanted to bring Euphrosyne down a peg or two. They didn't want their names being linked to treason. So what they do is they go to Alex and try and persuade him to bring his wife back. When, when we say sleeping, I mean, like, literally, they just they went to sleep. They were both very tired. Nothing At happened At the same time. Them. Yeah. In different rooms. Yeah, yeah. Wearing their wearing their special girdles. Yeah, so I don't know why you've 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 uh, exiled. Why don't you bring her back, Alexios? And Alexios did apparently, according to Nicetus, she she soon worked her way back into the emperor's good books, and was effectively running the empire before long. She must have been bloody furious. Can you imagine that conversation coming back? <laughs> well, I don't know. Um, it all depends on whether the rumor about her was true or not. Because we've got no way of knowing. Maybe she just is counting herself lucky that her attempted coup didn't end up with That's her being none for the rest of her life. I, I get the impression that it's probably not. It was probably made up, in which case, yes, she'd be bloody furious. So he's he's got his arms wide open as she walks into the back of the palace. Hello, good to see you again, darling. Storms past. Um, no, apparently the opposite. Apparently she does really? everything she can to make sure that he is happy with her. Because she knows oh. that this is the way back into power. And who knows, maybe some of those people who spread rumours about her um, might have a little accident one day. Yes. Who knows? Anyway, fighting's continuing in the north and the east. Uh, Alexios starts uh, suffering from what sounds like gout. He can barely walk Ooh. for periods of time. Uh, doctors yeah. are summoned and they do what is the right thing to do. And that obviously is just keep cutting him until he bleeds and yeah uh, he was in a lot of pain apparently he spent most of his time swearing obscenities at the doctors because they were just useless saying things i'm not surprised to be fair yeah saying things like all you know how to do is cut me and things like that they're not wrong yeah so he's not having a good time perhaps it's due to this that he did not much counteract the fact that the raids was coming in deeper and deeper into the empire Raids from the, the Blacks and the um, the Bulgarians and the Cumans, another tribe, uh, are really coming in deep, right down into Greece. Everything's starting to feel like it's coming apart at the seams. The empire is shrinking rapidly. Uh, but he's still got some internal politics to do because he's got two daughters to marry off at this time. Apparently he thought long and hard about who would make a good political ally. Right, let's go to one of the other empires of the age. Or one of the strong tribes. Let's do something where I've got a political ally. Maybe I could go to Saladin. Maybe I could go to the the Western Empire. Um, but eventually, he decides, ah, screw that. I'll just marry them off to two Roman generals instead. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy, isn't it? They're already here. So, one was named Alexios, obviously. Uh, but his, it's his surname that is more interesting. Alexios Paleologus, if I'm pronouncing <gasps> that correctly. He loved dinosaurs. He was a dinosaur hunter. He was a dinosaur hunter. That's what he was. Uh, the other he's one, the guy from Jurassic Park. He's the... Who, Malcolm? Mal, he's Malcolm from Jurassic Park. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Hang on. It's Grant who was the uh, the one who loved dinosaurs. Malcolm was the mathematician. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Damn it. Okay, it's Grant then. <laughs> he just keeps terrorising people with this massive claw. So look at this claw! It could gut you like a fish! Yeah. You just kept shouting that at people. Little, little children especially. Yeah, and that, that's what first drew his attention to Alexios. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, the other one was called Theodore Lascaris. 
now, the reason why I've paused on these two people who are not going to be mentioned again for the rest of the episode <laughs> is those two surnames, because there are only two dynasties left in the entirety of Roman history, and that is the Lascaris dynasty and the Paleologus dynasty. So there we go. We've just met our last two dynasties, and we can see where they come from. Wow. Yeah. So if you, these are future emperor lines. Uh, yes, yeah. Well, one of them, Theodore, you might want to put a box around him because he will get an episode. Uh, Alexios won't, uh, but his descendants certainly will. Anyway, it's around this time that uh, Ivan Co revolts. Like I say, in a move solely to annoy all future historians, he had changed his name to Alexios. So this part of the history gets very confusing because Alexios is fighting Alexios, and one of the generals is called Alexios. Oh, for goodness sake. Yeah, <laughs> it took me quite a long time to unpack this part, but this is roughly what happens. I'm going to keep... <laughs> Three-way meeting. <laughs> uh, yeah, that comes up. Um, I'm, I'm going to keep calling Ivanko Ivanko, just to make it clearer. So Ivanko takes a portion of the Roman army and just defects. So Alexios orders him to be tracked down. Now, to begin with, a general called Manuel was put in <gasps> charge. Because if you've got a Manuel knocking around, you're going to use him, aren't you? That's true. Ah, your name is Manuel. Yes, but I'm only a baker. You're leading the army now. Yeah, that's. it would seem that's probably what happened. Because this Manuel was not worthy of the name. Oh, dear. He didn't even smoke a little black cigarette. Oh, he just armed his troops with baguettes. Yeah. Um, Shields of muffins. Well, Manuel was leading his troops. When he heard rumour that Ivanko was stockpiling all his wealth nearby. His, all his assets. Yeah, um, that's interesting. His furniture empire. Yeah. Uh, so Manuel went to check it out, obviously. And upon cresting a hill, uh, he saw, uh, probably surrounded by bushes that seemed to be stifling laughter, uh, a huge, <laughs> huge pile of wealth in the middle of a field. <laughs> Apparently there was, there was like genuine like treasures, but also Roman captives just like tied up there and uh, a large. Oh, go. There's a trip. There's a trip. Sorry, I'll come over there. No, no. Yeah. Uh, also, apparently, a huge herd of animals as well, uh, because I mean that's always good to come across a herd of animals when you've got an army to feed. So I mean, it's, like, it's just all just sitting there. Weird, that. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and there is only one way to find out what those prisoners are saying, so... We don't need to uh, to go through what happened next. Um, let's just smash cut, shall we, to Manuel in a cell, watching his commanders <laughs> being executed through the bars. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, still... Every cloud, thought Alexios, when he heard of his general, and cousin, by the way, they were related. Um, oh. Yeah. So when he heard of his general being captured, because, um, turns out, said Alexios, get this, I've done a bit of digging, uh, Manuel's actually a traitor, and I'm now going to have to, forced to, seize all of his assets. But oh, no. Turns out Manuel's quite rich. Oh, Oh, wife and children, I'll just throw them in prison. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so there you go. Alexios gets some cash, but uh, he is then forced to go out himself to try and put Ivanko down. It's weird how these things turn out, isn't it? Yeah. 
So, after a bit of fighting, he finally manages to pin Ivanko uh, into a fortress in the south of modern Bulgaria. Uh, and Alexios takes the fort by force. Great. But Ivanko, mm. as far as I could tell, it gets a bit confused in the source here, but it would appear Ivanko had managed to lock himself up in like a, a citadel section of the fortress. So most Flat of it, citadel. Yes. Yeah, most of it's been taken over, but uh, he wasn't there when they first occupied the fort, but he just like erected a, a quick citadel like you do. Didn't take long. Um, <laughs> you skipped the Dutchies Generals. Check out my massive erection. <laughs> so Ivanko is essentially locked in a room and surrounded by the enemy. Uh, it literally is only a matter of time. Yeah. And then in a, what can only be described as a ballsy move, <laughs> um, he made some demands. <laughs> Bargaining well, from a position well of weakness. It. You might as well. Yeah. He demanded that the emperor swear an oath that he would give the local land to Ivanko and that he would marry one of Alexios's daughters. So give me land titles and wed me into the royal family. Or else. <laughs> that, I mean, that, that's just, that's, that, that's poker. This is poker now. It is. <laughs> Can only assume Alexios is outside going, well, he must, must have a reason to think that he can demand this. <laughs> He has something that we don't know about. (laughs) (laughs) Quick, back away! Retreat! (laughs) (laughs) Well, Alexios instead uh, sends in his son-in-law to negotiate on these terms. Come on, um, guess what his son-in-law's called? Alexios. Yeah, Alexios sends Alexios to negotiate with Alexios on behalf of Alexios. Oh. Yeah. Or in other words, the emperor sends his son-in-law to negotiate with Ivanko, which is a better way of putting it. But yeah. Nicetus doesn't put it like that ever, does he? Oh no. no. Nicetus never sees the need to differentiate between these bloody Alexioses. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, the son-in-law uh, enters the room uh, and they negotiate. Uh, and negotiations are, are pretty good, actually, for Ivanko. All the terms were agreed upon. Yes, you can have the land. Yes, you can marry my daughter. Just stop rebelling. Oaths were sworn. And people, remember, took oaths seriously those days. Yeah, they did. They did. They did. Ivanko true. perhaps made it approximately two steps out of the room before realising uh, that just because people take oaths seriously, it didn't mean that they didn't also take revolt seriously. And sometimes they take them more seriously. He was slapped in chains immediately. But it was a revolt. It was more of a, uh, a petition. <laughs> well, Alexios didn't see it that way. He saw it as a revolt and he put it down. He chalked that up as a win, he did. It's more wins. So many wins. So many wins. So many wins. Alexios then... add that to the list. Uh, Definitely. He's going to need it. Alexios then heads back to the (laughs) capital, uh, much to the dismay of many who really wanted him. Like, since you're here, Emperor, perhaps maybe with all these troops you could, you know, fight all the raids that are going on that you've just been ignoring. I mean, you're here now. You've got the men. Can can we please go and, like, attack the the Vlachs or the Cumans or the Bulgars? Uh, Alexios doesn't see it that way. He sees that he's just won a victory and he needs to go back to the capital to celebrate. So that's what he does. And then the raids keep on going and they get really bad. Nicetus tells us that they would have reached the capital itself if the Russians had not happened to invade uh, the blacks at this time. 
Are you calling them the Russians because that's how they're known, or are they still the Rus? Oh, it's starting to uh, turn into Russians. I don't know whether that's because of translations that I'm reading, but I'm starting to see the word Russian rather than Rus, which is okay. interesting. But, I mean, Russians just mean the the Rus, so... Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, interesting. But it sounds so. more modern, doesn't it? So. Yeah. Yeah. With their czars and their vodka. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that's good. The the raids are I mean, the raids are like deep into modern day Greece kind of thing. These these are really deep raids, but but it's fine. The the Russ are sorting them out for a while. Um and uh, it's time for the next revolt, thought somebody. This time you will be shocked to learn it wasn't someone called Alexios. It was uh by someone from the Kobnanos family called John. Another John. Hey. Yeah. Uh, John apparently looked a little bit like a barrel and had a pot belly and was known as John the Fat. <laughs> yep. I'll quote here. Without warning, he slipped into the great church and placed on his head one of the small crowns, which hung suspended all around the altar. Which really makes it sound like he was dared to do this by, I don't know, a couple of drunk friends. Uh, <laughs> do you think uh, well no i got my hopes up after reading that i really got my hopes up uh but yeah. then i read further and went oh no no this is actually a very serious coup um oh, like okay. unlike Ivanko, who was a foreigner who just managed to get part of the army on his side this was a large number of nobles and their leader was part of the deposed royal family so this is a serious coup or a really big dare or a really big dare. Uh, the nobles <laughs> soon had a large number of followers, so large a number, they stormed the palace. Wow. They Rip. managed to get past the guards, and they ripped down one of the gates, and soon enough, John is in the palace, sitting on the throne, giving out orders. See, when you say nobles, I'm thinking of, like, just posh people. Yeah, the, the powerful, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. no army, just like posh people ripping down gates. Like, Oh, well, don't forget, posh people have money, and money controls mobs. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. essentially, yeah. They, they did have some armed forces with them, but yeah, this was mainly the mobs threw down the gates. John walked in, he sits yeah. on the throne, he starts promoting several people. Um, he sat there with a crown on his head. He does everything you needed to do in a coup, apart from one small but very important detail. Oh, the army. No, you need to somehow get rid of the old emperor. Oh, I'm that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, we're not actually told where Alexios was during the coup, but presumably not in the palace. Uh, I'm we... hoping the toilet storm walks <laughs> out. Like, what, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Newspaper in hand. <laughs> what, what's going on? Yeah. Just, just whistling, sort of waving the air behind him as he comes out the toilet. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Humming to himself as he walks into the throne room. <laughs> I... Holy dear, what the <laughs> hell? As much as I'd love that to be true, uh, it would appear that he was in one of the palaces outside the city, because, I mean, the city's very crowded. Sometimes you want a palace just outside the city, don't you? Can um, we have the same scene but him coming out and being told out the news? Yeah, definitely. Excellent. <laughs> Thank <happened>. you. <laughs> Yeah, um, what we do know is that come dawn the next day, Alexios comes riding into the cities, followed by a lot of armed men who just cut through the guard that had been put in front of the palace. And soon enough, John was caught and beheaded. Oh. Yeah. 
It, Are we going to have an episode on John? It's in my notes here. It's so, so tempting to give John the fat an <laughs> episode. And I'll be honest, if I could find any proof, and I did look, that the patriarch supported his crowning, I perhaps would have done so. Because he was crowned, he was declared emperor, he sat on the throne. Yes. But I think you kind of need the patriarch to say, yes, I agree that you're the emperor. But he started his coup in the Hajj of Sophia, so who knows? But I couldn't yeah. see it. So, unfortunately, (laughs) because that would be literally the best rule that we've had so far. Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine it? I don't think we can justify an episode on John the Fat. Not least because I've literally told you everything we know about the guy already. It would be a short episode. (laughs) To us, I'm more interested in in learning what the people that promoted us now thinking. They got it writing. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I just bought a house. (laughs) Anyway, soon after this, Alexios receives a letter from Manuel. Remember his cousin, who may have been yeah. a baker and was an awful, awful general? One of the baguettes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hello, <laughs> said the letter. <laughs> Any chance you can pay this ransom off? Because I've been sitting here for quite some time now. <laughs> uh, Alexios just ignores this. No, don't care. It How- turns out baguettes are no match for steel. <laughs> However, Manuel at this time manages to get in contact with his son-in-law, a man named Chrysos. And Chrysos pays the ransom. Manuel is free, but he is not happy. So, he decides to coup. He oh, revolts. for goodness sake. Yeah, he manages to take central Greece. And then, a man named John, who, by the way, Alexios had promoted to replace Manuel, uh, also revolted. So... Oh, Two revolts at the same time this time. Yay. Going Uh, well. Yeah, yeah, Alexios uh, had to be at his best. Unfortunately, an attack of gout occurred at this point, and he could not walk. So he sent a son-in-law to go and deal with John, and he sent another general to deal with Manuel. The son-in-law did very well against John. That revolt was soon put down. We don't get many details on it, but there you go. Another tick in the wing column. Yep. Uh, Manuel, uh, however, was doing a bit better than John and his revolt, and uh, battling got nowhere. Uh, so Alexios decides to deal with Manuel and that threat in a different way. Instead of fighting, he sent his granddaughter into the region. As a f- general? No, 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 no. Um, sent the granddaughter to Chrysos, and Chrysos was told, if you want, you can marry the granddaughter of the emperor as long as you betray your father-in-law. Chrysos thinks and says, yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Manuel is forced to flee, and that's pretty much the last we hear from him. The revolt is put down. Ray, another tick in the wing column. So, see all those ticks in the wing column? Well, five so far. That's yeah. probably more than that. Anything in the, the loss column? The bad column? I mean, all the coups. I mean, it's not going great, is it? Lack but, of money. I mean, yeah. no, no real power. Right, everything I've covered so far is usually left out of uh, most summaries of history at this time. This is all having to dig right into the sources um, because. See, this is why this podcast is good, though. It's not. It, we're well, not. I'd, we're I'd, not, I'd like. We're to not think glossing so. over. We're, we're not making a joke out of history. We're getting some <laughs> real stuff here. Well, there is a reason why all this detail is usually left out. It's because something's about to happen that kind of uh, overshadows everything else in Alexios's reign. 
Uh, and also, this thing that's about to happen, I'll be honest, I have been dreading since the start of Season 2, because things are going to get messy, and I've never been 100% certain on how I'm going to cover this. But it's fine, I thought. We've got a very competent source at this time. Nicetus is, is thorough. I will just follow what he does. Take my lead from the sources. So, should we see what he says at this point? <laughs> things happen. I quote... Up to now, the course of our history has been smooth and easily traversed. But from this point on, I do not know how to continue. What, <laughs> what judgment is reasonable for him who must relate in detail the common calamities which this queen of cities endured during the reign of the terrestrial angels? Yeah, it's all looking good. Yeah, in other words, stuff happens, a lot happens, and it gets messy. <laughs> Uh, so, those of you listening who know the history kind of know what I'm referring to here. So, to you who know what's going to happen, just so you're clear, I'm going to say that in this episode, I'm going to stick with Alexios and his perspective. And I'm not going to explain why anything is happening in any detail whatsoever. I'm also going to stop at the end of his reign and not at the end of his life, because I can't get to the end of his life without explaining a lot of stuff that's going on in the world. And uh, I think it's better placed in other episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Could, well, could we do like an episode where we just have that information given? Then Oh, that's fine, because we've got a couple of, shall we say, very short episodes coming up. I'm with you. And uh, <laughs> yeah, those two, those couple of episodes are very highly linked to all the politics going on. So okay. yeah, it's just better placed in those episodes. So I'll, I'll put it there. Um, so one thing you do need to know about this time, however, is that Isaac too, so Alexios's brother, is still alive, remember? He was never killed. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, he's the blinded monk one. Yeah, that's the one. The other thing you need to know is that Isaac had a son who Alexios imprisoned also. I'm going to take a wild guess on the name of this son. Alexios? Yeah, yeah, of course it's Alexios. Yeah. Um, but... We can make things slightly clearer here because we will call this Alexios Alexios Four. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. Alexios Four was imprisoned to begin with, but then released, sort of. I mean, he was kept a very close eye on. He couldn't do House whatever arrest, he wanted. Kind of House arrest or kind of like stick where the court are. Uh, just, just don't cause a fuss, all right? Otherwise, you'll hmm. end up like your dad. But you are my nephew, so, yeah, I can't treat you too badly. Anyway, uh, when the fighting against uh, Manuel the Baker was heating up, Alexios IV had managed to escape and flee west, which we will cover more in his episode. Uh, Alexios would have heard about this. He also would have heard something else. The Fourth Crusade was being organised. We're in the Fourth already. Oh, yeah, we're in the Fourth already. <laughs> But Alexios did very little about either of these snippets of news. I mean, neither seemed yeah, hugely important. Enough. Yeah, it was annoying his nephew had escaped, but oh well. And yeah, there's always another crusade being organised. It's not that important compared to all the cooing that's going on. So uh, I'll focus on that instead, he thought. But then Alexios heard some news that did make him pause. The Fourth Crusade had a new member. It was his nephew Alexios IV, and apparently... His nephew had told the crusading armies that if they put him on the throne, the Romans would aid the crusade. Right. 
That's unfortunate. There is. I'm simplifying this. There's actually more going on, which I will go into in uh, Alexios 4's episode. But from Alexios 3's point of view, this is pretty much the, the main thing that's happening. Now, suddenly... Alexios realised the might of the entire West, potentially, bankrolled by the, the incredibly wealthy Venice, was descending upon the city. So what does Alexios do? Go straight to Venice and say, what do you want? Alexios, who had received information over a long period of time as to the movement of the Latins, so the crusading armies, was disposed to do nothing better on behalf of the Romans. His excessive slothfulness was equal to his stupidity in neglecting what was necessary for the common welfare. When it was proposed that he make provisions for an abundance of weapons, undertake the preparation of suitable war machines, and above all, begin the construction of warships, it was though his advisers were talking to a corpse. So it's just gone static. However, as the crusading army got closer to the capital, Alexios IV was declared emperor, and... Our Alexios seemed to come to his senses at last. I mean, I've covered that very quickly, but this this took months to happen. He should. He should have been doing things, and he hadn't. But he comes to his senses. He realises, actually, no, you're right. The walls, they need to be repaired. Uh, The boats need to be put on patrol in the harbour. What boats was the reply? You didn't order us to build any, and we've not been maintaining any for quite some time. We don't have a navy. Oh, and how are the Latins getting here? Oh, by boat. Right, right. So, the Latins, uh, meeting almost no resistance, soon were in front of the walls of Constantinople. But, on the bright side, these are damn good walls. As we have seen time and time again. Keith was located and locked up, just to make sure. Because, uh... Yeah. Yeah. Which is, unfortunately, he has the keys. He does have the keys, but, I mean, it would slow him down. And they made him swear many oaths not to give the keys away. So the keys are safe. No one's getting in through (laughs) treachery. And they've got the walls. Keith, here are all the keys, but we're also locking you away with the keys. Yeah. And here's the key to the lock. Yeah. Just don't let anyone in. Don't let yourself out. Okay. So they're fine. They've got the walls. They've got the keys under control. Everything's fine. According to Nicetus, however, uh, the emperor sat in the palace paralysed, not knowing what to do. Some of his court organised the troops within the city. Uh, A cavalry charge was organised, and uh, Sally went forth, like she often does in these situations. Um, But nothing came from the skirmish. Uh, It was just a bit of brief fighting, and then they came back into the city. Uh, Then there was a period of stone-throwing, using catapults or trebuchets or whatever was at hand to throw stones, I imagine. Anything big. Anything big, yeah. So that scene from Return of the King played out. (laughs) Yeah. So that was good. Um, Apparently the palace itself was hit. So that must have shook Alexios. But again, nothing budged. It was still very much a stalemate. I mean, we just need to stay put. No one can breach these walls. And then the Latins attempted a major assault. They covered their ships in ox hide to protect them from fire, and then using cables tied to the mass of the boats, they raised ladders. On land, they brought forth a huge battering ram that may or may not have been called Grand. We don't know. <laughs> Grand. 
Grand. Probably not. Obviously was. But obviously was, yeah. Obviously was, yeah. Yeah. I'll quote here. The horrendous battle that followed was fraught with groanings on all sides. And then, Jamie, it happened. Are you ready for this? The final release of pressure. What? What? The heavily armed troops who surrounded the battering ram broke through the wall and gained access to a passage within which led down to the sea to a place called the Emperor's Gangway. They, they broke into... They the broke walls in. have been breached. The Latin forces at <gasps> this point were fought back, but that is a breach in the wall, and we have literally never seen this before. No. Meanwhile, the ship ladders were doing their job. They engaged the defenders on the towers and easily routed them. The enemy troops who occupied the section of the wall set fire to the adjoining houses. It was a piteous spectacle to behold that day, one that required rivers of tears to counterbalance the fire's extensive damage. Again, I'm loving Nicetus in this uh, period. So, there you go. Two places the walls were breached. There's fire in the city. Yeah. They were pushed back, but... It's, this is only one assault. It looks like yeah. the city is going to fall. News that the walls were being breached reached the Emperor, and this seemed to shake him out of his shock, because... Holy wow. shit! He said. You can beep that. Just remember all the sieges of Constantinople we have had so far. Yeah. And there have been some huge sieges, some that lasted literally years. I remember and never once... Them. Have no, they we, got past the walls? No, we, we did a whole thing where you, you guided me through what it was like, like trenches and mini walls. and There was a, a whole thing. A very good reason I did that thing. It's because I knew eventually, after hundreds and hundreds of years, the walls would eventually be breached. And you needed to know exactly why this, this was such a big deal. I, I, I guess it was also a lot due to just mismanagement. So mismanagement, I, disrepair. The, yeah. the city just was not prepared to defend it was complacent was this quite a sudden assault um well once the forces arrived (laughs) it was sudden um but they had months to prepare oh for Um, goodness yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, anyway in the losing column (laughs) just just saying you might want to put a really big one in the losing (laughs) column here um it gets worse though um, oh. So, yeah, he, he's shaken out of his shock. He leaves the palace. He ignores the angry shouts of the citizens around him. Uh, and he organised the Romans' troops. He's going to ride out and face the enemy in battle. He... Oh, okay. Um, right. <laughs> okay. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, and then yeah. the, Nikitas gets annoyingly vague at this point. It would appear that he led a sizable force out of the walls to face the latter. There's a large enough... Twelve people. No, apparently it was a large enough force that genuinely could have defeated the Latin forces. Thirteen people. It may be. Uh, but then Alexios turns round and goes back inside the city. Oh. Yeah. It would appear he, the troops. Yeah, it would appear he, he got all the way. It's like, no, we're going to fight them, we're going to fight them. Oh, wow, there's a lot of them, isn't there? Whew. Yeah, let's let's get back behind these walls. This could be dangerous, guys. That's quick. <laughs> let's, let's head back in. Well, I'm going to head in. You attack. Yeah, I'll quote again here. Alexios entered the palace and made ready his escape. It was though he had laboured hard to make a miserable corpse of the city. 
and to bring her to utter ruin in defiance of her destiny, and he hastened along her destruction. Uh. Once back in the palace, he grabbed as much gold as he possibly could carry, and then with a small number of servants and his one favourite daughter, he fled the city <laughs> and gave up the job of being the emperor. And that is where we're going to leave it. Now, like I say, in an attempt to make things clear, we're not going to try and cover the rest of his life in detail, but just so you know, he was on the run for a couple of years. He was then captured by the Latin forces. He was then ransomed to his son-in-law, Theodore Lascaris, who I mentioned earlier, or Theodore I, as he will be known in his episode. But once he goes to Theodore, for reasons that we will cover in future, he was monked, and then he died a couple of years after that. So he doesn't really do anything that worthwhile after this point. Certainly okay. nothing that's going to affect his score too much. So there you go. That's where we are going to leave Alexios 3. How's it, How's his chart? How's his win chart coming? Um. Well, I'll be honest. His win chart's reasonable. Yeah. But not impressive. His mm-hmm. loss chart, there's a few things, but the biggest one is obviously the whole, you know, <laughs> breaking into the... The, the city that has been broken into for almost a thousand years. Yeah, let, let, let's rate him, shall we? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Fighting Maximus. Okay, uh, he did a lot of fighting, to be fair. Um, he was leading he? troops. Uh, at times, yeah. He also delegated at times because his gout, he couldn't get out. Um, but he did lead troops under his brother. He led troops against um, Andronicus. Uh, and when he was the emperor, he did lead troops against some revolts. So, I mean, he does fighting. He managed to put down quite a few coups uh, through fighting or delegation of fighting. So, I mean, he's... In some ways, it's like you feel like he's got to win something. Like, he didn't lose yeah. the war against the Turk and, Turks and the Bulgars, oh, and they, they've been going on for ages, but he didn't win those wars. No. He did not fight back the raids. He paid no, he off the, uh, the Germans instead of fighting, and... I, we cannot ignore the big, big, big one. He lost Constantinople, the first emperor in history to do so. Yeah. Yeah. He's a bit like Augustus in a way. Yeah. This is not an emperor being deposed by another emperor. Yes, technically, Alexios IV is now in charge, but Alexios IV, as we will see in his episode, is just a puppet to the crusading armies. The crusading armies are in charge of the Roman Empire now. The Roman Empire has fallen. Permanently. I don't want to ruin anything, but if you're going to draw a map, let's just say there's going to be a lot of uh, multicoloured areas going (laughs) on. A lot of downward arrows. (laughs) Uh, Without giving too much away, we have two more episodes of technically a Roman emperor, and then we literally have a few episodes where no one is actually a Roman Emperor, because the Roman Empire has been destroyed. Right. Okay. I'm not going to ruin what happens after that, but because, as you know, we are not that close to the end. So something else has to happen, but... We've got got another 200 years at least, haven't we? Exactly. Uh, But this is the fall of the Roman Empire. As much as you can point at any time in history and say, that's the fall of the Roman Empire, this is definitely one of those times where you can point and go, yeah... The Roman Empire fell at that point. So this kind of ties into success as Ultimus, I suppose. But he lost a fight, and because of it, uh, this happens. So, I mean, that's not good. So he really can't score much here, can he? No, he cannot. 
But he does do some fighting, so does he get a token point? Um, I'll give him a point. Cool. He gets a token point then. That's one point for Phytius Maximus. Caprovium <laughs> Crazium. Oh dear, oh dear. He does not do well in this round. Uh, I'll quote here. He surpassed all others in the mildness of his manner. Neither was he inaccessible, nor did he repel anyone by snarling. But anyone who wished to do so could approach and petition him, and sometimes one could contradict him without placing restrictions on oneself in speech. It sounds like he was a very reasonable man. It sounds that way. Yeah. If it can be exceedingly difficult for emperors not to cut down the ears of corn which overtop the rest, and do not leap brutally upon those who have offended them, then one could see that Alexios was rich in such virtue. So he was a calm, rational person who didn't just kill people willy-nilly. He did blind his brother. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, yeah. So there is that. Maybe you should get a point for that. And um, he did kick the head of someone who was accused of sleeping with his uh, wife. Um, So there's a couple of little stories there, but generally he was not a crazy emperor. No. I'll give him one for the head kicking. Cool. I'll give him one for the blinding and the overthrow of his brother. So that's two for this round. Success Ultimus! <laughs> well, obviously no. Uh, you've got to ask episode 152. Is it finally time to uh, break precedent and go into minus numbers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I mean, this has got to be one of the worst we have ever covered. He did very little to help the Empire. Uh, Yes, it was a difficult time, but a lot of Emperors have faced difficult times. Uh, And we often, in this round, say, well, where did they start and where did they end? He started with an Empire. He ended with no Empire. I mean, that's pretty damning. It's pretty damning. We can only say that about Augustulus. So... Yeah, zero. Definitely zero, Definitely. So there we go. Uh, maybe his looks will save him. Image of He's got a beard. It's a very angular beard. beard. It's very yeah. angular. It, it, it's very straight at the bottom. It looks like... fat because he's got like a sort of moustache thing going on, it looks like he's got a perfect pentagon on his face. That's how angular his beard is. Oh, it does. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, that's got to be worth a point or two. Uh, he looks tired, because there are some serious bags under his eyes. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a stressful picture. Yeah. Uh, but it's nothing amazing. It's uh, a manuscript drawing yet again, as we are used to nowadays. It's all right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say typical five, bonus point for the Pentagon Beard, six. Yeah, for six. Uh, I'd probably... Mm... I'd, I'd probably match that. I think, yeah, because I think the tiredness adds as to the thing. So I'll give him five as well. No, six. Six! six. Okay. So that is uh, three for Imagofacious. Temple completed. Okay, how long do you think his rule lasted then? Well, it must have been a couple of years. I think at, at least five years. Probably more. But that's my. I'm going to say five years. 1195 to 1203. Eight years. We weren't far off there, uh, which is the best time to rule because it's really easy for us to work out his score. It's a score of one for Tempo Completo. 
and also he went through a millennium. Imagine that party. <laughs> I'm sure they had a crazy time. Yeah, yeah, we're in the 1200s now, Jamie. The 1200s. Yeah. Real medieval stuff. Uh, what was his point, sorry? One point for this round. We're now only 570-odd years from the start of our President series. We're far closer to the start of our President series than we are the start of our Roman series. It's like the T-Rex and Triceratops. Yeah, it's a bit like that. It's a bit like uh, Cleopatra and the pyramids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so what's the score? He's probably done better than uh, a lot of people have expected him to, because he is he's well known for for not being good. <laughs> no, I mean he's got seven. He's got seven whole points. Seven points. I mean for, seven whole points for the emperor who lost the empire. Seven points is not bad. Yeah. That's not bad at all. Um, but there's one important question we need to say no to. <laughs> Do they have a certain je ne sais No. Absolutely not. Definitely not. So there you go. That is Alexios 3. Bless him. Next, we've got his nephew, Alexios 4, who is just a puppet. Oh. Yeah. A short episode, I assume. Well, yes and no. We, um... Because I'm going to try and explain exactly what's going on with this crusading army, why they're there and not fighting in the east, uh, and we'll actually look into the build-up and what's been going on there. Nice. So, uh, yeah, that that detail will follow. So we'll understand the fall of Constantinople a little bit better. But yeah, I don't want to give too much away. He doesn't last no. too long. Uh, but, <laughs> but who knows? Yeah. Maybe he did lots of stuff. Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Maybe it'll be Who really knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? We will find out next time, ladies and gentlemen. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you for downloading us on Podbean, iTunes and Stitcher. Um, and also, if you are one of the few lucky ones that have joined our Senate, um, you get free access to the Americans and the Romans, but also access to our Discord as well. Yes, yeah. Uh, lots of exciting stuff going on, which is very good. Uh, we yes. have made an announcement in a separate uh, announcement episode. Um, but for those of you who maybe don't listen to announcements episodes, we have started up a Patreon and we have started a new podcast called Founding Fathers Totalis Rankium. And if you join our Patreon, you will have access to all Roman Republic episodes and all Founding Fathers episodes, uh, which is is great, very exciting, and we are going to be releasing at least one of those episodes every single month from now on, because we have changed our release schedule. So the release schedule is now, every month we will release one Roman Emperor episode, one President episode, and one Senate episode. At least we might be able to uh, add a bonus one onto that. So, yeah, that's... Uh, on Patreon, Totalis Rankium, and thank you very much to all the people who have already signed up for that. Um, overwhelming how much support we got. It's, uh, it's been great. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to diving into the life of Alexander Hamilton, which yeah. the first episode's already up. But yeah, very good. perhaps if you're listening to this podcast, what might interest you more is the fact that I have not yet decided who the next Roman Republic episode's going to be about. <gasps> So, I need suggestions. I'm going to ask on on Facebook and on Twitter who we could cover, and then I'll get a few suggestions, and then I'm going to throw it to the Senate members, and they will get to decide who we cover. All very exciting. Anyway, I think that's all we need to talk about. Yeah, I think so. 
Yeah. Uh, but thank you. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and uh, we'll see you next time. Yes, for Lexios Four. All that needs to be said is bloody empire. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. This room is so glittering and pretty. I never thought the afterlife would be so, so beautiful. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. Who are you? Me? Uh, my name is Quintilus. Oh. I, I'm, well, obviously I'm a Roman emperor. Welcome to the Roman emperor afterlife, Alexios III. Yeah, oh, this is amazing. Meeting another emperor, my, my, my f- forebears, that's a word. Uh, this room is very small. Yes, yes. I, I thought there was a bigger one down the corridor, but never mind. This is this is beautiful. No, there is. There is a bigger one. They they don't let us in there. But it's fine. It's fine in here. Yes. No. Uh, sorry. Let's let me introduce you. Uh, this is, is uh, this here is Numerian. Ah, hello, Numerian here. And uh, yes, and this is uh, Theodosius Three. Hello. Ah, hello, Theodosius. I'm, I mean, I don't want to be rude, of course, but I, I, I don't recall any, any of your names. No, no, that doesn't surprise me. We had Heraculus in here the other day. He, he moved on very quickly. He didn't know our names either. Nor did Manuel. <laughs> anyway, like I say, I'm, I'm, I'm Quintilus. Uh, no, you probably didn't hear of me. I, I'm just going to say it now because the others will tell you. I. I I killed myself. What? Because I was I was I I, I was scared of the other guy. But you're an emperor. emperor. It was Aurelian. It was Aurelian. Oh my God, Aurelian. Well, fair, to be fair, I probably wouldn't have done that. But Numerian, how are you? Bad things happened. Oh, no, Numerian. He's just he's just saw that his entire reign was in a carriage with his eye infected. Yes, yes, Numerian. Yes, yes, we we understand. He seems very frightful. That was his entire reign. That was his entire reign. Yes, yes, unfortunately so. Just in a couch. Dying of eye plague. Just dying of eye plague, yes. Gosh. (sighs) Yes. And I, I didn't even want to be emperor. They made me. They made me. But, but I'm not anymore. I shouldn't even be here. But you're dead, aren't you? Yes, I should be a normal heaven, not Roman Emperor. Haven't I never wanted to be a Roman Emperor? Can I go, please? What? What is this place? Why Why is there a little, uh, well, a small boy just crying in the corner, calling for his mummy? Uh, oh, oh, that's Augustulus. Um, and, and, and the man at the side, bleeding quite profusely out of his neck? Oh, Stra- Stracius. Entire reign like that. Um, um, yeah. So, why... Why am I... Here. Oh, don't worry. This isn't your room. Oh, thank God. This is this is where all the terrible. Oh, thank are. goodness. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Is this like a no. pre-room then to my? This is uh, for you. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> um, Augustus, Augustus, come over here. That's it. Now go with the nice man. Yes. <gasps> yes, you're going to the fallen room. The, fa- the fallen. What? The one with the cracked door. Goodbye. No, no, this isn't me. This is, I was a great... Uh, no, fair enough.
Say hello to Constantine Eleven. Hello. 